Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening joining me as always philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter charlie o'connor charlie what's up how you feeling my friend i mean it was a shutout in south philly last night i don't know how the soccer matches <laughs> went but uh you come into you come into philly it's it's tough to generate any sort of offense. It seems. Yeah, you're just not going to score any just, runs uh, or goals or points. Well, points. I don't know about the Eagles. We'll see. We'll see. Defensively, there might they're fine. Be, there might be a couple points this week. Yeah, I mean, it gets my happy. I think there's probably going to be a few points. Uh, I just got to ask, and I, I know I told you I was going to start with something else, but um, do you think a team can be destined to win a title, Charlie? Like, I don't know if I've ever felt about a team the way I do this Phillies team. Like I was confident in 2017, uh, in 2010, I just kept telling myself they didn't come back against Boston just to lose mm-hmm. maybe to just make myself feel better. But this Phillies team on a mission right now, I don't know. We talk about unfinished business sometimes. And like there was the, uh, the Tampa Bay team a couple years ago that has the awesome regular season swept in the first come back and win it all. I guess like that Virginia was it Virginia UVA oh, team, the team and that, that lost in the like, first the yeah, one sixteen they loss, to, yeah. yeah and then they come back and but this like level of unfinished business I don't know if I've ever seen it like I I just have this confidence that this team is going to win a World Series I don't know why but I mean I know why it's because they're killing everybody but <laughs> I, I'm blown away by them right now I mean the vibes are fantastic at the moment to me and yeah. It definitely feels like they're on a roll, but for me, it's also just the fact that all of the players they need to be playing well are playing well. And my big concern, truthfully, going into these playoffs was they had one starting pitcher who I trusted. Now they have three. Um, and Nola being the one that, like, I kind of thought that Ranger would turn back into Ranger, playoff Ranger once the playoffs started, but Nola looks amazing. So now suddenly you have 
two aces and one guy who is pitching like a borderline ace who maybe just doesn't go as deep in the games as the other two guys, but gives you great innings when he pitches. And now Schwarber's hitting again. It looks like Bohm maybe is starting to figure it out a little bit, which is great. Harper's Harper. Like, I, I'm looking at this less about a feeling and more just watching what they're doing. That's, and the guys that they need to be good are all playing really well right now. Like, forget the starting pitching. Forget the bullpen depth. Most of the lineup. If you give Bryce Harper just this version of Nick Castellanos and Trey Turner last year, yeah, they, win. they win the World Series yeah. in five. Yeah. And they have it. I, I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, looking forward to see who's going to be the hero, Charlie. You know, you, I, we're going to get to DraftKings in a bit, but like the Phil's right now, slight favorites to win the World Series, plus 120 versus plus 130 uh, against Texas. Uh, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, and Casty make up three of the top four favorites to win World Series MVP. We will see which one of them becomes a hero, but you want to talk about heroes. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Hero Bread. <laughs> like how I shoehorned that in there. Sure. Uh, listen, I think... I think we could all stand to be a little healthier, make some better make some better decisions, especially you know this time of year when a lot of us might be drinking our calories and carbs on a semi nightly basis as our fightings make their play for a world championship, and that's where Hero Bread comes in. No matter what you're looking to make yourself, there's Hero Bread options for you. Hero Bread uh, makes sliced breads, uh, buns, and tortillas that are all available at Hero.co and on Amazon. I've been on a, a big quesadilla kick lately, and I don't know, I just. Working these hours, they're all kind of upside down. My wife, she's basically got opposite hours right now, so we're both kind of fending for ourselves. Been using Hero, uh, Hero Bread, Hero Bread to make quesadillas. Been really enjoying it, uh, but all their products have hit the spot for me because Hero Bread has great taste and texture. It's soft and fluffy and delicious. And right now, Hero is running a promotion for P for PHLY listeners. Discount code for first-time purchase, PHLY, for 10% off at Hero.co. That's right. Hero Bread is offering PHLY 10% off their first order. Just head to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Um... Charlie, I have uh, I have decided to take up a new cause that is going to carry me through, I believe, this whole season. While there may be 79 games left, it's never too early to think about next year. And spent a little time on the pregame show yesterday talking about Elias Pettersson and his decision not to sign a long-term contract with Vancouver and dis and rather go, you know what? Let me see how this goes. Let I, me see if we're heading in the right decision. I, I wouldn't sign a long-term contract with Vancouver. Before I you know, sign away the next seven or eight years of my life to you, let me see how this goes. He's going to be an arbitration-eligible restricted free agent after the season. You know what that means, Chuck? It's offer sheet time, you, baby. You, love, you and it's Kelly, man. It's offer sheet time. Listen, no. They're never going to do it. We're, I'm just saying no, they're never going to do it. This team is very clearly right now all about paying homage to the previous generations of the <laughs> Flyers. We saw it with the goal song last night. Van Halen ain't talking about love is back. The burnt orange is back. What better way to pay homage to Bobby Clark and company 
Then an offer sheet, Chris Gratton, Ryan Kessler, Shea Weber. They've done it before. They've done it to this team before. And it either never works or the guy they get ends up sucking. Listen, <laughs> Chris say, Gratton was decent for them. Was they he, just, though? They just paid him was to be a number though? one, and he wasn't. He was I, decent for I, them I, in the first season. I was, I think I was like nine when they did that, and I don't remember liking any of Chris Gratton's games. I remember hating <laughs> you him. You were nine! Yeah, and I thought he sucked. <laughs> he, he, they got rid of him. Like a year later, they gave him back to his old team. They did. They wanted to reunite the Legion of Doom and didn't actually reunite it. It was like, yeah, Renberg's probably done. Uh, but, <laughs> but listen, I'm just saying they're going to have some cap space after this year. They're going to make some maneuvers to make things happen. He might not want to stay. Why not throw out the offer sheet? Because to throw out the offer sheet, they'd have to what? Give four first round picks of which we're going to need to build this team up the way that they should build it up. No, you're not. Yeah, you are. You're going to have Elias Pettersson. I'd much rather have Macklin Celebrini than Elias Pettersson. You're going to have Cutter Gauthier. You're going to have Matt Vemichkov, not to mention all the guys they already have as depth. I'm in. I am very much not in. And, and also all of the things you're going to sell gonna along the way to get other picks. They're never going to do it. No one offer sheets anyone, man. There was just one a couple years ago. Like it, yeah, like once every five years. It's the never, old it's never gonna happen. Are back, man. Never I'm gonna happen. You. Never gonna it's happen. It's gonna happen anyway. Hashtag offer sheet Pedersen. We're gonna be pushing it all year. I'm going to be. Charlie remains a killjoy. I sure am. And I'm also. I, I do want to comment on this because we have this Galaxidus something something random words, dude. My point with the goal song, I will acknowledge, number one, I don't like it. I don't like Van Halen. Sorry. I don't like most of that hard rock late 70s into the 80s. I'm more of a grunge fan. Kill Guns of Roses and Aerosmith and all those bands and give me the stuff I like in the 90s. However, that's irrelevant to me because I generally speaking don't like the goal songs. Like the last, I think the last goal song where I actually liked the song was song two by Blair. Like I don't like Fall Out Boy, so I didn't like that one either. My that point, was an odd choice. My point is that bringing back an old goal song they've already used is dumb and it is clearly just pandering to the gen x fans who want to sit in the stands and be like i remember that because that reminds me of eric lindros like no i want to create an actual new era and i want new goal songs now whether the if the goal song is a song from the 70s that they've never used before i'm cool with that because at least it's new like dancing on my own is new and that's awesome because it feels like our thing. If the Flyers get good, then we're just going to be Van Halen again like it was in the late 90s. No, I want something new that actually means a new era, not throwing it back to 25 years ago. I think that's my problem. My guess is going to be a rotation of some kind. The Maple Leafs are doing the same thing. Well, that's just because, gonna be that's some- because they got in trouble for using Pursuit of Happiness because some people don't understand the concept of like, a lyric can be actually criticizing what they're what the person's doing. I, I the the goal song thing. I don't know why it's very much annoying me, but like maybe the Leafs thing got me pissed off because Pursuit of Happiness is actually a good song, and it's very clear that Kid Cudi in that song is like talking about how driving drunk is bad, and then moron boomers decide to act like, oh no, you're promoting drunk driving, like. No, the entire concept of the album is about like doing those types of self-destructive things are bad. Like pay attention to lyrics, people. Sorry. I just, 
This is the most fired up you've been yeah. since we started the show. Yeah. I just, I think there is going to be some sort of rotation the way the Maple Leafs are doing. When you can't come to a consensus, like they're going to have a different one for original six games and different rivalry matchups. Okay. I can see Duke being played at some point. I can see bro him being played. Crossing my fingers on rock and roll part two, because in my mind, there's one hockey goal song and it's rock and roll part two. Didn't that guy like rape children? Yeah, Gary Glitter's a really bad guy. <laughs> Just Listen, <laughs> on Halloween, I fucking guarantee you they play Thriller. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that, that's right? fair. That's yeah, fair. I'm just, it's a good song. It like, is a good song. If we're going to start saying, oh, well, he's a bad guy, then there's absolutely no music that can be played except Creed. Like, that's it. We can only listen to Creed if we're going to start dissecting <laughs> rock and roll music. Anyway, that's they're, enough. They're also bad, to be clear. Uh, they're bad. <laughs> they're, their music is bad, but I don't know if they're bad people. They seem like all right guys. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the Marlin song they did is funny because it's so bad. I'm looking forward to seeing if this is a rotation as I believe it's going to be. I would be very surprised. Listen, Van Halen, baby. I've seen him live twice. Uh, very upset that Eddie passed away before we could see a full reunion with all of the past members. Um, I'm surprised by this choice. I don't think it's a great one. But I think it's not going to be the permanent goal we'll song. See. It's definitely not going to be it when they're good in three years. We'll see. Anyway, stuff that was <laughs> awesome last night before the song played, I got to talk about Couturier's move. Um, okay. That was, I mean, outside of a couple Demco saves, by far the highlight of the game. Yeah. Maybe uh, the Konechny hit when he was chasing someone down was pretty cool. Uh, but that Couturier... <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I just love when he gets involved, man. He's such a scrapper. But first of all, everyone, like, on the uh, intermission and everything, like, even Al was like, I've never seen that before. I swear I've seen Couturier do that well, before. Well, so he, he, after the game, he said that he was inspired by Martin St. Louis, who I believe okay. has done that before. Okay. He also made the joke that, well, he's had two years to practice what his goal, <laughs> what his goals are going to be, so he wanted to try something this new. He can do. That's actually a great yeah, quote. It's a pretty good quote. That's a really good uh, one. Carter Hart said that he has seen Couturier use it in practice before, so he has, he's tested it out. It was really cool, and I think it was just really cool because, Sean Gattari, obviously, he's coming back from this injury. There was that little bit of a scare the last couple of days because he missed practice. Then he obviously played, ended up, and we'll get into this, the, the Morgan Frost scratching. Um, but it turned out Gattari would be playing. He basically said, look, I'm, I'm what, he turns 31 in December, December, I believe. So he's in his 30s now. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not in favor of load management for him in terms of games, but very much in favor of load management for him in terms of practices. You know what? If that's going to keep him healthier, if that's going to let him play out the next seven years of this contract, yeah, do what you got to do because he's got a no-movement clause and that contract ain't going to be easy to trade. So, so take care of him if that's what's going to allow him to play into the rest of this decade. Um, but I, I love to see the fact that that he's back on the scoreboard. Obviously, he got the assist in game one, but it was really cool to see that happen in the home opener. I know the crowd wasn't big, obviously. It because seemed like of the it Phillies. filled up after because you took the picture of the uh, oh, it definitely filled up gritty, from there. Yeah, the gritty introduction, and yeah. there was like eleven people there. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! Well, but the, the thing you have to remember, it, like the greatest tailgate in the world, is going on outside. Well, obviously, but the thing you have <laughs> like, to remember too is that not only did you have the Phillies game competing with it. The game started at six. Yeah. Like people aren't off work. Yet. Yeah. Like most people get done work at five, five thirty. They're not going to be able to get down there in time, even if there wasn't a massive traffic jam because there were three games going on. Like, look, I'm very much in favor of giving the Flyers shit when they deserve it. 
there were a lot of people on social media last night that you, you could see who just enjoys to. who yeah. just enjoys giving the Flyers shit because they are pissed off and they like making fun of the Flyers at every turn. And the people that do it because they actually care about the team, the people that were criticizing the Flyers last night for not having a full arena, they're the people who are just doing it to be dickheads. I mean, if there was ever incentive, even if you had tickets, not to go. Oh, yeah, it's going to take you six hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, people were literally stopped I, I in the middle just, of the road and were walking to the arena. I'm all about making fun of the Flyers. Listen, they've earned it. That one. Like, it's a rebuilding team yeah. on the busiest night in South Philly exactly. history. Exactly. Like, they could have been dicks and said, no, we're not changing the start time. Yeah. Tough shit. It's our home opener. I bet the mayor would have been like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, he's not doing shit. Um, Fair. Yeah, just one more out. thing on the Couturier move. I did see, like, I think during one of the intermissions, maybe after the game, um, the guys on the bench saying they knew it was coming because he's been practicing it. We're going to see at some point in like a shootout. I can't imagine he gets like another penalty shot. That would be kind of wild. It'd be cool if he did. It would be. Uh, I, I My guess is we see that again. And with a little twist, he adds the, uh, the Forsberg slash Richards back against the grain tuck move. Like I cool. can see that being a little extra. And then like, cause I like Jake had one move. But he'd do a li- like he'd, he'd, he'd he just change it up he would a just make, bit. Like he'd usually go five hole, but yeah. sometimes he'd shoot early, and like sometimes he'd make another move. I can see this being like where this is Couturier's starting point, and then we see little variations on it. I just love that I stuff. Mean, Coots, I love the shootout. Coots kind of has the, he has good hands. He, well, he has the frame of a Forsberg yeah. type guy because I mean every time wow. I see that goal, all I can think of is the stamp. You yeah. know, and I I wasn't even. I was alive, but I wasn't like aware to watch that game. But I've seen the video. I've seen the stamp hundreds of times. The classic Forsberg, you know, one-handed goal and whatnot. And guys try to do it all the time. So, hey, if Couturier wants to try that one out, I'm cool with it. But going back to just Coots in general, I was really happy to see him get on the scoreboard. You could tell he was really happy. The celebration was big. The guys were really pumped for him. And he's looking more and more like Sean Couturier. And again, when he missed that practice, you're like, oh, God, is it the back? Is it another injury? Is this going to be a thing? It still could be. We're only three games in. But he did not look like a guy who was hampered in that game. To me, game three, and this you could say this for most of the guys in the team, to be honest, but that was his best game so far. Yeah. And the fact that he's trending upwards and he's only getting more and more comfortable with his line mates, he's getting less and less rusty. It bodes well. And, you know, I'm not saying advanced stats are everything, but this guy has incredible advanced stats through three games. I noted in my column after the game. And while for most guys, I'd say three games, small sample for Sean Gatteri, who has a decade of yeah, putting up great advanced he's, he's stats. Doing like, this for, nah, this is just him. Like he's 31. We've known him since he was a teenager. Yeah. Like this is just what it's, he does. The sample size is a continuation of, you know, yeah. what exactly what he does. It just makes me feel better that, he is going to be able to come back. Maybe not a hundred percent of what he was pre-injury, but pretty darn close. And that's really cool. Not just, as I said on Twitter during the game, not just for the flyers in terms of winning a couple extra games this year, but in terms of furthering the rebuild, because if they had a three C quality Sean Couturier on a near $8 million cap it for the next seven years, they were never going to be able to trade. Like that's something that it doesn't kill your chances to be a successful team, but it sure makes them harder. It makes it more difficult. And it if does. he's if he's a good player and then the cap goes up and suddenly, you know, 7.75 mil doesn't seem that bad for a second line center, 
Hey, not with we could be cooking with gas here. Not with Pedersen at twelve on a one C, man. Oh my That's, god! I mean, come on. I'm oh betting on god. it. And you know, if you want to place that bet, you should do it at DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 days after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources uh, i want to do you had, you had a good one going there in that jurisdiction one yeah, yeah got me uh just one more thing you said you aren't um pro load management in terms of games with katoria no. Why is that? Because I think, honestly, number one, he needs to play to get himself back into not game shape. I think he's physically all there. I just think he's rusty, and I think you want to get him as much game, as many games as possible in the early going, as many minutes as possible in the early going, just to allow him to build. He even mentioned it yesterday after the game. He's like, look, there's been a lot of changes with this organization since the last time I played. There are a lot of guys (laughs) that like I just don't have any chemistry with. Like, Does he have any chemistry with... Really, any chemistry with Cam Agatson? Does he have any chemistry with Owen Tippett? Like, obviously not with Bobby Brink and Tyson Forrester, but there's a lot of guys in this team that he has to learn their tendencies, and he's only going to do that by playing with them in games for long periods of time. And as for, like, the, the idea of load managing over the course of the season, no, because I don't want, like... I don't want this to be a thing with him. If he misses a game here and there, then it's just going to present the narrative that he can't do it. Because, well, I envision a scenario where Couturier could be part of the future, either because he doesn't want to leave or because he's just real good. And, hey, in two years, he could still be real good at age 33. Like, look at Claude Giroux. He's still real friggin' good at age, what, 36? Something He'll like be that. 36 in January. Yeah, exactly. So I could envision a scenario like that, but let's say it does happen where they have a conversation with Couturier in a year, and Couturier is like, you know what? I want to chase down a cup. I'm open to a trade. I don't want the the narrative to be out there that this is a guy who can only handle 60 games now. I want him to show that he can handle 82, and I think he wants to as well. I, it, I fully understand your reasoning. I'm just looking ahead to those age 33, 34 seasons when this team hopefully is good. I want to keep some miles off him until then. Fair. Uh, that's You would I, hope that the, the, the year and a half that he didn't play did take some miles off. I, I understand. It's just like <laughs> getting hit hurts. You yeah, know? true. I want him is good this to true? go. <laughs> like, I want him good to go for when this team is healthy. But this is where hockey is just like – no one's saying certain NBA players can't do it. Like, 
yeah, like Joe Allen B because he's actually hurt all the time. Yeah, fair. But like, yeah, he's also seven foot. Yeah, he's also like, <laughs> yeah, his back, knees, and feet are ticking time bombs because humans aren't supposed to be that size. Exactly. <laughs> but but like, I'm just like, no, no one's saying certain NBA players can't do it. It's just like, yeah, Tuesdays in January really don't matter at all. So who cares? Like, and well, that's where the NHL is far different from the NBA, and that's good for fans in the stands. Like, you want to see the best possible product. I just like. And it, it does. How much different is 20 minutes, like one night, like a couple of times, I guess? Is that really? That's fair. Although I will say, and I don't follow the NBA closely enough really to, to know the, the ins and outs of this, but it honestly seems like the NBA is starting to move away from low management well, too. it's gotten to a point where like flex scheduling, they can't even, oh, everyone's out tonight. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know what we're paying for these TV rights? Right. Like, TV rights keep the NBA afloat. It's not like yeah, half the teams, gambling. Yeah, half the teams <laughs> don't draw. It's like it's all about the TV rights yeah. and like, oh, yeah, well, Kawhi isn't playing and we can't make him. Yeah, like yeah. that just kind of happens. I'm just saying that I, I think part of it obviously is money because money oh, runs yeah. everything. But part of it too is that, what I've read is that there's been more studies that say like, Hey, we may have went a little too far with this thing. Maybe it's not the worst thing if these guys play. Yeah. Uh, they are making absurd amounts of money. You'd think they would, you know, go and earn it, but yeah. whatever, well, that's a different show. Um, want to talk about this, uh, forward rotation to okay. start off now, Tyson Forster and Bobby Brink. We're thinking when Couturier's quote unquote banged up heading into, uh, heading into this game. It's like, all right, well, well, maybe this presents a little bit of an opportunity. You move Lawton to a center spot. Now you can get both of the young wingers into a game. Yeah, Couturier plays and they still figure out a way to do it. They scratch Morgan Frost. He is the odd man out in the home opener after leading the team in even strength points last year. Um we talked about this a little yesterday, yeah. but I think it bears. This is it does. It, this it, it is was the story note, right yeah, now. Yeah, it was a noteworthy move, and we got a chance to talk to Morgan Frost today after practice. Oh, how was? Because you mentioned, I believe, on uh, either the pregame or postgame. It must have been postgame because you're talking about the player introductions, right? And when they go to him, he doesn't look like a dude who's happy to be like, oh yeah, I'm here, I'm a company nah, man, happy to be here. He looked pretty. Crushed. He looked upset, um, and we've talked about like different. Different levels of veterans apparently get different levels of respect and accountability. Uh, Morgan Frost, while no longer a prospect, mm -hmm. has apparently not made enough deposits in the bank to earn the home opener. Uh, and he hasn't been great to start. It's not as if yeah. the first two games were great. Also, it's two games. What, what did Morgan Frost have to say? I think that's really what it boils down to. And give Morgan Frost credit. And, you know, this is what a guy has to do, especially a guy in his situation where, you know, he very well knows that John Tortorella is not his biggest fan. And if Morgan Frost were to not say all the right things after something like this, that's only going to put him further into John Tortorella's doghouse. So I will say credit Frost, but also not really sure he had much of a choice. He said all the right things today. Basically said, look, it sucked. I didn't love it. I understand that I haven't played well these first two games. Bobby Brink and Tyson Forrester have played well. I understand why they want to get them in. And also, two games doesn't make a season. I still have time to, to get this going and have the season I want to have. Said all the right things. 
I pushed him a little bit on the torts relationship and he, he dodged it, which understandably. So basically it was like, look, you spent all last year trying to get in his good graces and then two games and he scratches you like, are you worried about it? And he basically said, well, you know, I think torts knows I'm a good player and I, I hope he does. Um, and then does he, then Jordan Hall uh, pushed him a little bit further. Uh, basically was just like, you know, the home opener thing was that tough. And Basically, was like, well, you know, yeah, wasn't the best thing I in mean, the world, but I would, if I'm John Tortorella, yeah, I, I probably don't want him out there ripping me, yeah, but I don't want him fucking happy no, about and he being wasn't like, happy. I, yeah. yeah, like he's allowed to say, no, that sucks, yeah, like I want him to say that. If he didn't, I'd go, well, he doesn't have it. Of he can be as good as he wants at this game. Uh, he doesn't have it in here. And if he's, if he is upset about it, good. I want him to be, that's the whole point of using the healthy scratch to fuck with guys' minds. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I just think, and this is, I mentioned this on the post game show last night, and this is still, I think the best argument against it is that torts wanted to get, obviously wanted to get the kids in. It's not like frost was the only older-ish guy who had struggled in the first two games but of course he turns to frost because just frost is the guy frost is his guy who if he's going to bench someone like i don't think and i don't think morgan frost was substantially worse than owen Tippett was in the first two games but Torts likes Owen Tippett. He doesn't like morgan frost as much Torts likes noah cates he doesn't like morgan frost as much and like I have no problem with the fact that he scratched Morgan Frost because Morgan Frost didn't play well. And you know what? I want to have these these prospects playing. So I get it. But I also wouldn't have had a problem with it had he scratched Owen Tippett. I wouldn't have had a problem with it had he scratched Noah Cates. They all played underwhelming enough in those first two games to justify sitting for a game. It's just that, like, of course, Torts picked Frost because Frost is the guy he's always going to pick. And I get that frustration on the fans of Frostfall and also on Morgan Frost. Sure. Because you're going to feel like I'm the guy that you always pick. Yeah. And now the question just becomes, I know Torts has said basically like, I ain't going to tell you what the rotation is until game day. Yeah. Like there's not, even yeah. if he has it, predet- Got a little bristly. In even if he has one. it predetermined or whatever, uh, he's not going to tell anyone. It doesn't seem as if he even does. Um, <laughs> But, like, now the question becomes, we both were impressed by Bobby Brink's game last night. Had a great game. And yeah. if there is any sort of, like, overlap in skill sets, it's Brink and Frost. That's now, granted, different, it's a posi- fair point. Different positions. Yeah. Uh, but It's a fair point. Like, I didn't think of that, but you're right. Tyson Forster uh, wasn't, uh, didn't stand out the way Brink did, no. but uh, he was fine. Yeah, he was like, bad. How long does this last? Is this a one-game... We want to see these two both in the same lineup and with the Couturier thing. It was weird. Uh, Like, do you think this is going to be a regular occurrence? Do you think he's now in a rotation the way we didn't think he was? So I don't think he's in a rotation. I will say that. I don't think this is now a three-man rotation. They only have so many centers. Yeah. I mean, Lawton can play center, Lawton, but obviously, yeah, yes. he's more of a wing, but he can play center. What I do wonder, though, like my guess is that Torts made this decision with the assumption that he was going to sit a game. I wonder if he's going to now sit two because the team was just so damn good. And you know how coaches are. Coaches look at it as, well, I'm not going to change the lineup. Like we just outshot the Canucks 
23 to two in the second period and torch them. So I'm not going to change it up. These guys deserve another game. I could see that, but I don't think this is going to be a thing where number one, I don't think Morgan Frost is now in a rotation. Number two, I don't think this is going to last more than two games. I think he'll be back in by the end of the week, but given the way the home opener played out, it wouldn't shock me if they stick with the same lineup, just as kind of like an attaboy. You guys killed it. You deserve to, to play the same way the next game and show that you could make this into a thing. But no, I, I think number one, I don't think Torts will do that. Number two, I do think this would be an opportunity where Danny Briere might flex his muscle a little bit and be like, hey, Torts, like, I know you don't love this guy, but I do. And I don't want you sitting in for three straight games. Like, this is bullshit. Get Morgan Frost back in the lineup. I think this would be a moment where Danny would have to step up and kind of flex his muscle a little bit. I would hope that that is the case. Uh, it could be a situation like if we see him sit through the weekend. Now, this is this could be hypothetical of the day because it's like it has not happened yet. There's two games between now and you know uh, next week. Right? Would that be an indication of the power dynamic in this organization? Like if he's out Thursday and Saturday, would that be like oh? Yeah, Torts is in charge. Well, I mean, it, I don't think it would tell me that Torts is in charge, but it would definitely hint that Danny isn't willing to go to bat. He's not willing to fight this battle. And then you wonder, okay, well, what battles are you actually going to be willing to fight? Because as we talked about, and I mean, I've interviewed you know guys like Keith Jones, Jim Jackson, and they all say that they get the sense that Danny Briere has the kind of backbone that he's willing to stand up to Torts. It's tough for us to know that because all we see is the public persona of Danny Briere, the guy who just seems like this genuinely nice dude. And it's like, are you going to be willing to go toe-to-toe with John Tortorella when it really comes down to it? I've been told that he will. We'll see. That's, we know the public persona, but we also know a dude who's about this big. It's fair. <laughs> was not just a great player, a great player when there are no fucking rules yeah. and you're allowed to just like slash people and yeah. hold people. It's the playoffs. Like yeah, he's yeah. Mr. His, his playoffs. Stick was, was a weapon. He's, he's was. not just a nice, smiley little <laughs> Frenchman. You know, he's he's pretty tough. Yeah. You couldn't score that many playoff goals not being tough. It's a fair point. Uh, he was definitely a game day player. And if you want to see. If you want to see those guys perform on game day, you got to use game time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code phly for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and re- redeem code phly for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed it's funny you know this rotate it's we thought it was just maybe going to be one for one for a while with Forster Brink and this uh, this Frost thing has introduced a new element sure. that we'll have to track over the next couple of days and weeks. 
When I'm just writing out the names of the defensemen, now one of them is due to injury, but even without including Rasmus Ristolainen, <laughs> four of the eight guys are up for debate in the lineup, and we have not seen you know, a Mark Stahl sit out yet, but you know, Emil Andre didn't play last night, has only played one of the first three. Igor Zamula continues to impress. He's played two or three. Stahl has played all three. And Nick Sealer. A little bit of a surprise that you said maybe he's a guy who could be on the outs, but he was uh, he was paired with Andre today, I believe. Well, yes. So he was paired with Andre because Zamul was paired with Risto, who skated in full. We interviewed him after practice. He seems optimistic. What I had always heard was that it, it seemed likely that Risto was going to be back at some point this week. Now, whether that was you know Tuesday, obviously it wasn't. It could be Thursday. It could be Saturday in the first game of the road trip. But the optimism was that he was going to return. When he comes back, he comes off IR, they're finally going to have to make a decision on Sandstrom or whether they want to maybe send Andre back down. I would wave Felix Sandstrom in a second because I don't think he would be claimed, but clearly they have more concerns on that front because they've stuck with three goalies now for over a week or, yeah, over Yeah, a this week. is week two. It's week two, yeah. Just trying to come up with the timing here. Time isn't real. Anyway, um, I would say that, you know, the way that the ice time has gone it seems like Sealer is getting the least on average, and they have him playing the right side on a pairing with, you know, I think he was, he was with he was with Zamula last game, but he's mostly been that right side defenseman with left side with left side partners with the young guys. Well, you get Ristolainen back, suddenly you have a actual right shooting defenseman rather than a left side defenseman, a left shooting defenseman playing the right side in Sealer. To me, it just makes sense. And it's not like the minutes, it's not like the minutes have have hinted that they are on track to scratch Mark Stahl anytime soon. So if you want to get Risto in, either you have to bench both rookies, which I don't think it seems like they want to do. It seems like they want to keep this, this rotation going because they really are valuing the idea of developing these kids. So either you have to scratch both of them or you have to pull, in my mind, one of Walker, who I think has played pretty well. Saul, who I thought was mostly fine last night, aside from that board, um, but was bad the first two games. And then Sealer, who has been whatever. Like, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been awful. He's just kind of been there in limited minutes. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying Sealer to me is the most likely person to go out for Risto if they want to keep a rookie in. And then from there, you kind of have to figure it out. Charlie, you know, you're calling Mark Stahl fine, but... I'm getting messages from people that he's actually the worst player in the league <laughs> and makes Andrew McDonald look good. Wow. Which is some shit I never thought I'd hear, quite honestly. I mean, he was bad the first two games. No, he was not good. I thought last it's night just, he was fine. It's just very funny how quickly we forget. Uh, the McDonald was the much disaster. Well, I mean, honestly, you know what? I'm not even going to pin this on McDonald. McDonald was... Finally, in his final year as a flyer, he presented himself as a decent third-pair defenseman, just an overpaid third-pair defenseman. Truly the worst defenseman I've seen in recent years is Keith Yandel. Like, come on. No, he, he couldn't skate. He's the one. Yes. Like, he's the one we should point to as he's worse than him. He was terrible. It's worse than Keith Yandel. Yes. Keith Yandel was it's not an NHL defenseman that just year. McDonald was the embodiment of the issues with the organization. Fair, fair, fair. Like, he was, he, was a, he was a mascot almost yes. more than... Like, it, it just... Like, I don't know if I've ever 
dislike the player on the ice more than a Mac just because it was what he it was what he signified you're yes. absolutely right and it was the like you don't even know you don't even know what a good player it looks was also like. the fact that the organization consistently tried to sell fans on the oh, idea no, you're wrong yeah that you're wrong actually he's good yeah and no it, I'm not it was very funny <laughs> because like then you would talk to other people like that weren't in the Ron Hexel inner circle and they would just like that were with the Flyers and just be like yeah he was bad like we all knew it it's like, well, then, then why were you lying? It was what, <laughs> it was what endeared us to Chuck Fletcher right away because he made us feel like we weren't all insane. Yeah, like they got rid of Yori and they got rid of they got rid of McDonald, and, and it was like, oh my god, I'm not wrong. And then you know that then he found his own guys. Yeah, then he found yes. <laughs> god damn it. Uh, anyway, so Igor Zamula last night played yet another strong game. Uh, yeah, scores did. the first goal of his career. Blocked some shots. Just overall, overall, I thought looked really good at both ends of the ice. We talked last night. We believe he should kind of be a lineup staple. Now, does that mean he needs to play eighty-one games? I uh, I could be sold. That was that. good. I, I like the fact you said eighty-one. Eighty-one. He can't, he can't he play this one. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a nice little heads-up thing. Good yeah. job. You're good, uh, host, Bill. Yeah. Like if he. If he ends up playing seventy-five instead of eighty-one, like I can live with it as long as he's healthy. Uh, but like, or if he or should if be he, a lineup, yeah. or if he gets, yeah, or if he falls has a, off, yeah, a cliff. If he falls off a cliff. He has a bad run. Maybe you sit him for a few games. I did specifically ask John Tortorella today after practice if Zamola had played well enough to play himself out of the rotation. And Tortorella was not willing to, to give him that. He basically said that, no, you know, he's liked what he's seen so far, but it's not like Zamola was great on every shift that as of now, Zamula is still in this rotation, which I think was a fair question to ask because to me, I think he should be out of it. I think that, you know, he has outplayed guys like Stahl and Sealer and that they should be the ones that are in that rotation with Andre. Clearly, Torts disagrees, or we'll see how it plays out once Risto comes back. But it seems like Zamula is still primed to be scratched on occasion yeah. to get Andre in, especially once Risto comes back and then it gets even more crowded. I just... If the bar is wasn't great on every shift, that means none of the oh, defensemen should play. That's fair. Like that <laughs> means <fair>. that <laughs> means Travis Sanheim should be in a rotation. True. Like all of them. Every and like Mark Stahl should never play. Like if, if wasn't <laughs> great on every shift is the bar, and some of these guys should be waived. But reasonable. This argument. is this is John Tortorella, and he's just gonna say whatever he says, and he doesn't care what it comes off as. That's him. Uh, it's just a very frustrating. That's a very frustrating answer for me. I don't disagree. With you. And I think honestly, I think probably part of it is that he still wants to give. He's not ready to start scratching it's vets games. and Moss. And the way he's looking at it is he wants to get Andre in. And I think he views it as the only way he can be certain he gets Andre in without doing what he clearly doesn't want to do, which is scratch guys like Mark Stahl. He's got to scratch someone like the Zamula to bring Andre in. I think he's still very much it's funny with Andre because I wasn't sure Andre was a guy who tours was going to love. And it seems like he really he constantly says he makes mistakes, but he really likes the mentality. He like look at this blue line. Yeah. Who is a playmaker? Who? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Cam York. They're gets pushing there. York to do that. Yeah. more. I think honestly, the love of Andre might it be in part because of how hard they have to push you to do trying, that stuff. No, I do definitely. <laughs> I definitely see it as like not a mind game with York, but just like 
pointing to another guy yeah. like Cam York. You're better than him. Yeah. You are a better hockey player than <laughs> this guy. Do what he does yeah. and you'll do it at a much higher success rate. I could see that. Like I, I can very much see this as like as much as they like Andre, it's about York too. I can, I, I can see to that. Sure. That said, um, we're going to talk about the Oilers maybe in a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. They're next. Yeah. Um, Connor McDavid. I need to see. I just want to. The lineup on Thursday is very, very important to me because while wins and losses this year, not like of my highest priority, putting guys in unfamiliar and difficult situations and telling them sink or swim, very important to me. Put as many young dudes in the lineup against McDavid as possible and see what they do. See how on. <laughs> you just want to get them yeah. like trial by fire. It'll never be harder than this kid. If you make some plays against him, you can make plays against anybody. And he's going to win some shifts. He's probably going to win every shift. But maybe you make that one play that just. You get it now. You get what it is in this league. And if it's like, well, Andre has to get used to the time and space of the NFL, That's of the true. NHL, yeah. there ain't none. Yeah. There's no time and no space with Connor McDavid. So good luck, kid. Yeah. Like, I want to see that very yeah, badly. You, you got to play with urgency against Connor yeah. McDavid because he's his nor his normal pace is your urgent pace. That's it's faster <laughs> considerably. Uh, but before we get into the Oilers, I do want to mention Carter Hart and his 25 save shutout last night uh, bounces back from allowing five to the senators. We can question how many of those were really on him, uh, but he has started all three games thus far posting a nine twenty one save percentage. When do we see Sam Harrison? Because we talked about, Maybe this could be a little bit more of a rotation than last year when they were just like, no, we're not playing Sandstrom unless we have to. They like the backup now a lot more than the one they they had last year. We know that because they told us it last year, basically. When are we going to see Urson? It's a really good question. My guess is that he gets in a game this week. I would not be shocked if they're setting it up for the Dallas game because why not? You know, you have Hart. Obviously, Hart was going to get the home opener, obviously. And, to, you know, the next game, do you really want to throw Harrison in there against Connor McDavid? Probably not. Granted, Dallas is a real good team, too. I mean, I picked them to go to the cup final. But, you know, as good as guys like Robertson and Pavelski are, they're not Connor McDavid. So nobody is. No one is Connor <laughs> McDavid. So to me, that would be a good time. But I agree with you. You know, if you're going to keep this guy up, if you're going to have him be your backup and he's not really a prospect per se anymore, but he's kind of, kind of is played like, 10 games. Like, yeah. Year. Like he's still called or eligible. So if he's going to be your backup, you want to play him. Now, granted, they haven't had back to backs yet. That'll make things a little bit easier when they start running into those. But in the here and now you don't want him to get rusty. So to me, he's got to get in. I would say, I would say you get him in one of the two games on this upcoming road trip and you go from there. Like, you don't want to overwork Carter Hart. He obviously had a strong game last night. That said, I think that was a little bit more of the team than, than Hart dominating. 25 saves. He, he saw two shots in the second period. Yeah, like he played well and always nice Didn't to get your goalie asleep, a shutout. huge, yeah. Yeah, always nice to get your goalie shutout. But to me, it's not like he has been so good that you have to just ride him. Get, get Arison in one of these games to be sure. Now, he is, I looked up his uh, career splits before the show today. Usually a pretty strong starter. Uh, career October save percentage 913, November 917, and then he tails off December to February around 905 to 908, and then in the spring he's at his worst, sub 900 March and April. Now we can 
look at the trajectory of the team over the last couple of years and go, yeah, that makes sense. The season is over and they care less and less as the season goes on. So it would make sense that they're at their worst at the end. I get it. Could this be like, we're just going to ride him now to get the most out of him, And then when he needs those breathers into the winter and spring, it's going to be more of a mix or a conspiracy theorist would say, Let's play him as much as possible. Raise that value. See what happens come trade deadline. I don't think it's... Honestly, I don't think it's either of those things. Okay. I don't think that that plays into their consideration. And even the the fact that his, his numbers have gotten worse over the course of seasons historically during his career, I don't... I had a conversation with him at the beginning of last season, and he basically admitted to me, it was in a one-on-one, I did a feature on him, he admitted to me that the previous season, so this would have been the uh, the 2021-2022 season, the year where AB got fired, it was a total shit show. Um, he basically admitted that by the final couple months of that season that he mentally let the struggles of the team get to him, and he wasn't as mentally prepared for games as he was at the start of that season because he got frustrated because it just very much got into this like, well, what's the freaking point? We're a dumpster fire. And that happens to goalies, particularly young goalies when you're playing for a really, really bad team. Now, last year, I think it was less (laughs) about him letting it get to him. I thought he did a much better job of dealing with the mental challenges of backstopping a bad team. I think it was more just due to the fact that he, he got played off, every game. Well, no, it's more that he just, he got off to an unbelievable start yeah. that was just not like, there was no way he was going to be able to sustain that level of play. Like he was going to regress and the team defense wasn't perfect. Like God, he had what Tony D'Angelo in front of him for 79 games. That ain't going to help your, your goals against average. I can yeah, tell have you, uh, I saw something the other day. It was, uh, Dimitri Orlov's plus minus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, he's like minus seven. How is this happening? And then it's like most usual oh, partner, no. Tony D'Angelo. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and like, even though like Carter Hart's year end numbers last year, not impressive. All the advanced metrics I've seen, it's like, oh, yeah, it was um, like Sorokin. It was Olmark. And then like he's right there in the top five yeah, of like it, the goals save above expected yeah, and all the different versions of that shit. I think it went down. He went down a bit as the year went on, but he very, I think he finished in like the top 15. He was very clearly like more than a couple goals above expected. So he performed at an above average level for a Despite starter. the you know, usual public stats, not looking great. Exactly. Yeah. Like you might look at his save percentage. I think it was what, like nine Oh seven or nine or something like that. It was below nine ten. but in reality, like if he was on a team with a good defense that prevented quality chances, it probably would have been something more like, you know, nine 17, nine. He's on Colorado. He's in like Vezina conversation. Yeah. Well, (laughs) maybe not that far, but at the the very least his, his service level numbers, when you glance at his stats, you're like, Oh yeah, got Carter Hart. He's a pretty darn good. Number one. Whereas, as in reality, Carter Hart was a pretty darn good number one for the Flyers last year. It was just on a team that was giving up tons of scoring chances pretty much all year and, you know, just wasn't that good. And there's going to be games where I think any goalie, any goalie is going to just get frustrated when the team in front of him is playing like shit. And then that five goals allowed, it sticks with you. And when you're on a team like Colorado, when you're on a team like Carolina, you don't have those games because they don't have those games. And you're also, even if they do have, like, even if you personally have that game, give up four or five, 
that's not to say you're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> like you could yeah. still win that game. Especially with Colorado. And then it's like every, yeah. Like, and then everyone forgets that you had a bad yeah. day. Yeah. And with this, it's like, oh, the goalie sucked again. Oh, goalie of the future, huh? Like, but like, no matter what team you're on, you want to look good. And that goes for fans as well. If you want to look your absolute best, go to FOCO. FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Listen, it's football and tailgating season. I think we're going to have to talk about a little bit of tailgate before this day's over, Charlie. So. Uh, but FOCO has everything you need for game day. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, and more. Plus uh, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, anything you need for a little podcast studio like this one. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for 10% off. FOCO, get your overalls. Okay, so I have a question about that. Like, I don't want to jinx it because they are two games away. They have to win two more games. But, like... Do we have to order these for me now to make sure they're ready in case the Phillies get to the thing? Yeah. Like, I don't know how long it takes for them to to get delivered. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to call Vince. Yeah. Like, we need some overalls, man. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) again, I don't want to jinx it because they still got to win two more games, but Uh, I'm just saying like, I don't want this to be a thing where they do the thing and then we can't get the overalls in time because we waited too long. There is no chance they don't close this thing out in Arizona, Charlie, for one reason. Why's that? Garrett Stubbs is going in that fucking pool. (laughs) Oh my God, he would. He's going in naked, dude. He would. He's going in and he might not be wearing clothes when he does it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to see in the rest of this series, but we still have a little bit more uh, hockey to talk about. Let's talk about the Oilers for a second. Uh, They lost their first two games of the season, both against Vancouver. Uh, The first one in Vancouver, they get smacked eight to one. Uh, They lose their own home opener four three. Now they get one in the win column last night, six to one over Nashville. Not exactly a juggernaut out there in, uh, in Tennessee. Fair. The Oilers, one of the, if not the cup favorite heading into this year. I would say I'm expecting this to be, oh, yeah, it's going to be the McDavid show. But I expected last night for Vancouver's talent to just kind of win out. And after the first goal, it was like, oh, Vancouver's kind of taken over a little bit here. And then Couturier gets the penalty shot. And then we know what happened in the second. And that basically ended the game. It was like a nine-minute Eagles run drive where it's like, yeah, you're just not going to get the puck. Um you, you expecting maybe a little bit extra out of our flyers? You think they'll surprise us as they have surprised at least me through two of the first three? Look, it's possible. I Edmonton is a fast team, obviously, not just because of McDavid, but because they've intelligently built their team to at least be able to sort of keep up with him. Like It doesn't make much sense to me when you have the fastest functional skater probably in history and you just surround him with a bunch of big oafs they are getting better at not doing that anymore, which is part of the reason why they've improved as a team. Um, That said, the Flyers, they've played well in two of their three games. So maybe, you know, maybe they can keep up with them. They're definitely quicker. They have guys like Ryan Paling who are legitimately plus skaters. Granted, he's a fourth liner, but still they have some guys who can skate. Owen Tippett isn't a McDavid level skater, but he's, he's pretty, pretty damn quick. They are getting faster. I think this team plays faster than, what I thought their like each guy's individual speed is for this. Like this yeah. Flyers team has impressed me with how quickly they play, whether that's 
another year of a lot of the same guys together, another year with Tortorella and understanding what he's expecting from them, whether it's just an infusion of, oh yeah, Ryan Paling and some younger, more athletic guys like Igor Zamula. Um, whatever it is, they're not a chore to watch is what I said to open the post game last night. And I'm looking forward to this matchup with the Oilers. What I will say, and Torts had an interesting comment, which I tweeted this out because it reminded me very much of your response um, to, uh, to game two, where basically, and it was very funny that Torts was open enough about this to, to straight up say it because it's, it's not the kind of comment you usually hear from an NHL coach because they're so terrified to like offend other teams and whatnot. But basically Torts said that, Hey, after that Ottawa game and how bad we looked, I came away for that game. And I thought like, man, is Columbus really that bad? Like, like what, how could that we, was my main takeaway? How could we play that well against Columbus and then play this poorly against Ottawa? Is Columbus just a total dumpster fire? And then he's like, well, then we went out against Vancouver and played real well again. And his response basically was like, look, this might just be us this year where some nights we go out there and we look like a pretty darn good hockey team. And then some nights we go out there and we look like an AHL team. Like that just might be who they are, given how young they are at key positions, not just talking about the prospects, but you know, they got guys like Owen Tippett, who's off to a slow start guys like Morgan Frost, who is off to a slow enough start that he got scratched. Like these are guys that are playing near the top of the line. Noah Cates is taking on tough you know, tough minutes. Cam York is your number two defenseman. And Travis Sanheim has never been yeah. really a top pair. Like, a lot of these guys impressed us last year, but it was because they gave us more than we were expecting. Yeah, we don't know what so any low. of them actually are. Exactly. Like, we don't know what Owen Tippett is. I I think you can pencil him in for 30, but like he has, he's had one good season. Morgan Frost had half of one good season. Like, I don't know what Noah Cates is. Yeah. I, we think he's Couturier light, but he might like, there's no telling what these, like, you know, basically sophomore players are. Yeah. So may, maybe what the expectation should be this year, which is why I can't go into a game against Edmonton and say to myself, like, Man, if they do what they did against Vancouver to Edmonton, they could really play them tough. They might be able to squeeze out another win. Like, yeah, if they play the way they did against Vancouver. If they play the way they did against Ottawa, they're going to lose 10 nothing. So we'll see. And we're too early into the season to know which of those teams is more likely to be the real Flyers. The, the team from Columbus, Vancouver, or the team against Ottawa. I think it's probably closer to the Ottawa team personally. I definitely don't think they are going to be out shooting teams 23 to two in a single period. It would very be surprising. Often. It would be quite surprising, but you know, maybe the Columbus game is kind of the middle ground where they can outplay the bad teams. Edmonton is not a bad team. No, that's like my guess. And again, it's three games. Who the hell knows what this team is going to be at this point. My guess is it's going to be opponent dependent, not just how good they are, but if you bring your A game, you can probably beat the Flyers. Yeah. I if think that's you do fair. not, it is going to be a fucking struggle. Yeah. Like, good luck. Yeah. Because they're just going to try really hard because that's John Tortorella. Yeah, and Ottawa brought their A game and yeah. they kicked the shit out of the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Vancouver probably flying a little high. They just beat their rival a couple of times. They crushed them on opening night. Then they went to Edmonton, beat them there. Now it's like, all right, now we got to go to Philly against this team that's, you know, openly saying they're rebuilding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little emotional letdown. Flyers can absolutely take advantage of that and play the way they did. Like, that's what I think this team is going to be. A good team can beat them if they bring their A game. It's going to be a struggle on a lot of nights, though, because they're going to try real hard. Before we wrap up here, Charlie, October 28th. October 28th. 
the first PHLY Flyers tailgate. That is a uh, it's a Saturday afternoon game, 1 p.m. Um, we're still determining the exact location, but expected to be somewhere in the Wells Fargo Center lots. Expected to start at 10 a.m. We'll have more details coming up, including a uh, like a registration thing. But to be clear. 100% free. Um, our good friend, friend of the uh, of the show, Philaticus, will be cooking some some high quality meats for oh. us. Fantastic stuff. If you've never Highly been to recommend. one of Dylan's tailgates yes. with the meat, uh, we did one last year, and it was phenomenal. Truly like, fantastic. Legitimately stuff. amazing. We're food. not we're not talking about like oh we're gonna throw some beef patties. Yeah, the on same the grill. burgers and dogs we're talking exactly. about here. But it's, but I, I think what we really want this tailgate to be is kind of a a launch of PHLY Flyers. You know, get the word out, have people stop by, say hi, see what we're all about. Bill and I are going to be there, obviously. You know, before the game and whatnot. The plan is to start or start at around ten, ends at around twelve thirty, and there is the potential. Now, it's looking right now like the Texas Rangers may be the team in the World Series. If that's the case, the World Series will be starting out in Texas, not Philadelphia, assuming the Phillies close out the series. However, there is a World Series game scheduled for the 28th. Presumably, it will be late at night, so because they'll want it in prime time. So that could be a real good way, even if you're not planning to go to the Flyers game, even if you're just there to you know stop by, spend the whole day in, in, in South Philly. You get know, down kick, there early and get kick, the party started. Kick it off early, have some good food, have some drinks. We're going to have beer from, uh, I believe, from Yards, but we'll, we'll play that by year. We'll definitely have uh, have drinks for, for everybody, um, have some sodas for people if you don't drink. Just come by, say hi, and we'll be, we'll be talking about it on every show. But just wanted to, to start to get the word out because it's something we're excited about and uh, you know would love to see as, uh, as many people as possible to, to stop by and say hello. I just remember uh, there were there were some great tailgate days, 08 and 09, with Eagles-Phillies crossovers with uh, World Series games and an Eagles game earlier in the afternoon. And here we have the opportunity to do it with the Flyers, and those were some of the most fun tailgates I've ever been to. This one is going to be awesome. Very much looking forward to it. All right, Charlie, now uh, about a couple seconds left in the show before we wrap things up here. Okay. I got to get to our hypothetical of the day, though. You've been very critical of the choice for the Flyers goal song. So I have to ask, Charlie O'Connor is an NHL player, and they come to him and say, whether it's for the whole team or you're going to pick an individual one. I think Buffalo's doing individual goal songs yeah, this year. Yeah, a few teams do. Um, what would be Charlie O'Connor's goal See, song? See, I don't have an answer to that. Why not? Because I don't like there's there's nothing that jumps out at me as like I need that to be the goal song. That's the thing. Like I expect not to like the goal songs. I I expect not to. I just want it to be something new. I want it to be something that are like that. I this, like the Apple that, that this generation of Flyers fans can rally behind. Not a song from another generation, another era. Considering where they are right now, would you accept the explanation? Why start something now when? things are going to be changing. Like the song is going to happen naturally the way, you know, dreams and nightmares became the Eagles anthem naturally, the way knock, knock became an anthem naturally. Like why do it now? If half the players here aren't going to be here in two or three years, I mean, would you accept that explanation? This is a placeholder. That's fair. It, 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 I would be rather there be a new placeholder than an old placeholder, but yeah, I, I can accept that. 
we might need a placeholder goal song until things get good. Like just pick some sort of like Russian anthem for when Mitch Goff shows up. That would be <laughs> Charlie. That would be problematic. Right. And that is all the time we have for you today on PHLY Flyers. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on YouTube, the podcast. Go to offphly.com. Become a diehard member. All that good stuff. And remember to support Van Halen. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie O'Connor, ring the bell, Phils. Thank you.